don't cut it no more. Want a great big pipe? So, Richard, here we are in Phoenix, Arizona, and what is this, 15th show? We're just about done. I've stopped counting. I don't even know what day it is, actually. It's uh, Wednesday. Thanks. Weather was pretty pretty cool last night, and then it got a little toasty this morning, but you know, Phoenix, everybody expects it to be hot and dry all the time. It's November. It gets down to, you know, really cold, like 70. Well, it's the desert, so Yeah. But I saw you swimming around last night. I did. I went swimming in the pool. So anyway, we're here with a throng of beer-guzzling nerds. Here's legal tender. Yeah. What, when did the uh, package store stay open till out here? Uh, 2 a.m., I believe. That is so freaking cool. You know, what time, you know what time they close up in Connecticut? 8 p.m. 8 p.m., you're done. Something uptight about New England. I'm not sure what it is. Is it me? Must be the haircuts. Must be. Anyway, we're here with Chris Johnson and Neil Serene. Hi, guys. Hey, fellas. Hello. <laughs> Put the mic in his face right when he's drinking a beer. Mid-beer. Nice. And it's come to my attention that you guys, Chris, I'll talk to you first, um, have written something that answers a question that I had or a comment that I made on an earlier show. Sure. On an earlier show, we heard you guys talking about, wouldn't it be great if we had someone that could talk about how... We got uh, Flash to talk to an ASP.NET app. Yeah, so you've done that? And we did. Yeah, we, uh, we did some work for a large uh, photography site called Pictage that allows their customers to pick a picture, and then they want to be able to, to create a greeting card. Everything from cropping that image and choosing a border and colors and typing in the text you want to choosing fonts. And what they really needed was the rich interactivity of a Flash client, Universal, because it was a retail app. Yeah. Um, but we needed configurability because we were working off templates um, that needed to be created into print pieces. And I guess Flash runs on everything, and it's it's really really a smart client kind of thing. Lots of capability for animation and sort of creative interfaces. Absolutely, and and there's a lot of great Flash designers out there that can create some you know, pretty compelling interfaces. So, how much of this did how much of this comes in the box in Flash, and how much did you write? Uh, pretty much in Flash, I mean, you can make an HTTP call out to uh, to an URL someplace and get something back. In this case, we're getting back XML. Mm-hmm. There's an XML parser built into it, but we rolled some other some some special things to be able to consume data sets, things like that. Wow. Well, I presume it doesn't understand anything about web services and so forth. You have to construct all that yourself. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember doing this in the SOAP like point nine spec. I'm bidding. It's just a wee bit more complicated <laughs> right, now. Yeah. <laughs> can can be not fun. And and I'll ask you uh, also, Neil. But Chris, what was your part in this? Uh, yeah, sure. what part of it did you My do? My overall, which is overall architecture. There's a lot of other things besides the Flash interface, where we're actually creating high resolution print images, getting those off to a printer, doing prepress work on them. So that whole system that generates those things beyond that that interface. I'll let Neil talk about what he did. Okay. Uh, I was involved with uh, some of the stuff with, with Chris as far as the in- integration, uh, the building of the PDFs. Mm-hmm. Uh, but primarily, I did uh, database design, schema, database development, as well as the web service development. Wow, that integrates with the, uh, the and Flash there's app. another one of you here too, right? Yeah, Scott's back here, and there's actually a, a fourth guy we, that we wasn't able to come. He's in Tucson, and he's actually the the Flash guy that we worked with on it as well. All right, so Scott, last name McAndrew. Scott McAndrew. Yeah. Okay. And who's the other guy in Tucson? Chris Hill. 
Chris Hill. Yep. And now I got to ask you, is this something you're sharing? The, the library, I mean, I, the, uh, what parts is the uh, um, data set mm-hmm. of XML? I don't see why not. Mm-hmm. And the part that accesses web services in general? Well, I mean, that's, you know, that's what you're talking about, really. Right. And that's, well, yeah. I mean, the, the piece of actually calling a web service is really is just making an HTTP yeah. call and, and getting back the XML. It's what you do with that XML that, that really matters. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I guess you got to call it AFLAX, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh, that's uh, bad, Campbell. Well, it, it fits, right? It's it's asynchronous. It uses XML, but it's Flash. So right. it's AFAX. Yep. Or AFLAX? AFLAX. <laughs> Great. No come Aflax. Aflax. So uh yeah, this is this is pretty exciting. Um do you you obviously do both .net and Flash. Is there any right. other kind of bridging technology that you guys use besides the stuff that you've written? Do you integrate with Visual Studio at all? Um anything out there that does this? That does it out of the box? Or just, yeah, that you've seen? Nothing, nothing I mean, that we've Flash found. stupid, I don't know. Yeah, it's just, um, you, know, you have ActionScript and Flash, and, and there's a lot of component libraries out there that you can leverage for uh, user interface elements. But I guess the question is, what does a development environment for Flash look like? Uh, it's actually the uh, Macromedia designer for Flash. I mean, it's, oh, okay. Yeah. So Macromedia's got a tool, you do all your development in there, and then there's some place to write some right. code. Right. Oh, okay. And that's and the ActionScript. Yep. And ActionScript, yeah, the development language of Flash. Right. Yeah. What's the language look like? Uh, yeah, very, very, very similar to JavaScript. Okay. Yeah. And what about Dreamweaver and all these other things? That's a web technology that Macromedia uses, right? Yeah, That's they something do. totally different. Completely different. Yeah. yeah. Dreamweaver, I mean, you can do it for authoring HTML, Cold Fusion. I think you can even do .NET in it. Yeah, you but, can, yeah. We don't. We use the Visual Studio for all that. Right. Wow. Yeah. So... So what would you like to see from either Microsoft or Macromedia in terms of support for Flash I mean, and it, .NET? It'd be great to, uh, to natively consume web services, of course. Just point right. it at a web service and say, here's what you can do. Grab the data and use it. But that's work that Macromedia would have to do. That's correct. Right, yeah. Microsoft's yeah. responsibility. Yeah. So no, no. are you planning to share this uh, toolkit with Macromedia, maybe? Uh, if they'd be willing to have it, I, you know, I'd like to think they have something in the works to look at web services. I mean, it seems pretty... Yeah, it seems... Like something that, that they should have. It's yeah. always terrifying when you think, am I the only person doing this? Right. <laughs> am I it? Because, you know, that's the way it is sometimes. You may be it. Well, it's, you know, the interesting about thing, it's interesting about Flash is that it's always been a, a, in the domain of designers. Right. And people who are very creative, and uh, there hasn't been a lot of need for talking to databases or parsing XML or some of the functionality that we're seeing. But now that we're looking for this rich user interface and, and Flash just happens to be one of those things that has great penetration that we can do that with, now we're asking it to do those things and there's not a lot of people out there that we've seen are doing it. It's pretty exciting stuff. I mean, talk about a smart client and I almost hesitate to say that. Right. That's really what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. All right. So, uh, Neil, is there anything else that you wanted to add to the story or... Well, it was it was quite challenging. I, I think I, the uh, the actual integration between uh, Flash and the web service on my side w- wasn't really too challenging, but the Flash side right. was for our Flash developer. Uh, I think the other interesting part that that we haven't really spoke a lot of is is the back end where we have the templates for the uh, for the cards and yeah. we set up the, the various channels for each card. It's very an interesting thing because of course if you got a template for a card, you're really talking about graphic description information. You're right. storing in a database. What does it look like? Well, it's uh, we have about you know five or six different styles, which means layout and 
you know, five or six different sizes. So uh, the combination of those, as well as you know, the back, different background colors and various borders, etc., makes for a large number of possible combinations. So it's all kind of it's sort of in, in, in a multitude of tables, but uh, essentially you have X, Y height and width, and uh, essentially it, and then you have font font size. Literally vector type description information right. for what this thing's going to look like. Mm-hmm. You guys had to basically come up with a language to describe a card. For the most part, yeah. yeah uh, so that's, architecture for that. It's one of those things is when you do it well, nobody's going to be able to tell it just worked magically. Right. Yeah. I hate that code. <laughs> <laughs> so where is this website? that we Can we check this out? Is this a public site? Uh, you can, if, if you were a Pictage customer and you upload okay. your photos for them, yes, you can then order through this. Is it like an online experience mm-hmm. you where you to, just register, you sign up, and then yeah, you... Yeah, they mostly cater to commercial photographers. Oh, but, I see. But I don't see any reason why you couldn't send them your film or, or upload hmm. to their site and use it. That's cool. Yeah. All right. So here's your chance to plug something you're doing or say anything you want. Say, hi, mom. Bash somebody. Call names. I don't know. Say so, what you want. Say so hi to my wife and my kids. <laughs> hey, mama. Say so hi to my wife and my kids. How are you? How are you doing? Hey, mom. So they all listen to the show, right? Oh, of course. Oh, yeah. Religiously. <laughs> what about we're, your company? Is that yeah. something that you'd want to plug? Sure. We're, we're, we're the company called Terra Lever. And, uh, Terra Lever? Terra Lever. And we focus on delivering typically marketing solutions using, uh, using technology. Is this T E R R A? L-E-V-E-R. L-E-V-E-R. Yeah. Okay. com. Yep. That's it. Cool. Guys, thanks a lot for talking to us. Well, thank you guys for having this event. It was great. You bet. Thanks. Right. Thanks. And here is J. Michael Palermo and Tim Hewer. Hi, guys. How you doing? Hello. It's, uh, I'm, we're, we're very happy to be here in your town, in your home turf. I'm not seeing you at a PDC or something like that. It's pretty cool. Very good. And I was right. It's a dry heat. Yep. <laughs> And apparently, if you keep saying that enough, Phoenix people will eventually kill you. Yeah, it's true. It's very true. So, Michael, tell us uh, what you do in this area. Well, first of all, I, I want to say I, I think that your rendition of uh, Oh My Darling, Clarentine, very, very good. I'd like to see you adapt it to the Gorillas, if you've heard uh, of that band. Uh, I, I think that would be good. Have you heard of the Gorillas? Uh, why, in fact, I have. And I was just thinking that... Uh, What's the tune that I know of theirs that, that just would not work for Clementine at all? Because it's a rap tune. Feel good. Uh, yeah. And uh, Clint Eastwood, too. That's another one of their tunes. It's a little strange. You know, if you give me a, a legally obtained MP3, then maybe I will be able to check it out. That can be arranged. Okay. So, again, I say, what do you do? I do many things here in Phoenix. Uh, first of all, I do training at Interface Technical Training. I also am working on a top secret project called primecondition.com. It's probably a podcast. No, no it's not a podcast. No? no. Okay. Uh, but might use one in the future. Oh, okay. Well, you know who to call. But, but the exciting thing, and, and the reason why I'd like to have Mr. Tim Hugh around that we're working on, that we debuted on your show. Ah, uh, yes. Gotcodesnippets.net. Yeah, so Tim, tell us about it. So, uh, gotcodesnippets.net is a uh, site that uh, Michael came up with. It was his idea that basically is a community site driven around Visual Studio 2005 IntelliSense Code Snippets, I guess is the official name. So, a place to uh, search, download, contribute uh, code snippets that can be 
uh, leveraged it within Visual Studio 2005. Because this is a huge problem. Not enough code snippets, right? <laughs> right? Am I right? Exactly. Exactly. You're, you're, you know, you exhaust the possibilities that come in the box. You run out. You say, oh, got to get more code snippets. Well, I want to comment on that because uh, recently someone made a post like, hey, we know of sites that already do code snippets, but... A lot of the sites out there have what we would call static copy and paste type code snippets. Right. These are the true code snippets in Visual Studio right. 2005. Like somebody went and mucked with all the XML and did it right. right. So they got rules, basically, right? They do. They're like yeah. intelligent code snippets. Intelligent snippets. It occurs to me that we've introduced uh, uh, Michael, but we have not introduced Tim. Nobody knows who he is. <laughs> That's a very good point. You are a very astute co-host. Remind me to He's up, very good. Remind me to very give good. you a raise. Uh, yeah. Okay. Tim, tell us about yourself. Yes, sir. So uh, my name is Tim Huer, obviously, and I am the DE developer evangelist in uh, these parts of the arid Southwest. So you keep Mike under control. I attempt to. Yes. 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 Yeah, we didn't mention that Mike Palermo is also regional director. Regional director yeah. and XML MVP. Ah, yes. So you think there'll be a code snippet MVP? Um, anytime soon, if you have anything to say about it, it's in the works. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It was a great show that we did, by the way, on code snippets. I had a lot of positive uh, emails and feedback about it. Cool. Yeah. And, uh, so got code snippets.com is live. Got code snippets.com or dot net. We dot prefer net. to say dot net because sure. it has that flair. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's available now. In fact, uh, the very first time it went public was on your show and we announced it was coming out and that right. we would unveil it at PDC. Yep. And, uh, now on this show, I'd like to unveil the fact that there's going to be some revisions because of the RTM, okay. uh, that we're going to make to the site. That's going to allow for cool things like better searching capabilities. And every author who submits a snippet to the site will get their own personal URL or landing page so that if they blog about their snippets, it'll show uh, the URL will take it to a landing page where it's all their snippets. So it's kind of a way to really promote the you know the authors to submit their uh, snippets. That's very cool. So how many snippets do you have in the in the collection as of today? We have about eight thousand right now. <laughs> you, what? <laughs> what? You got to watch those DEs. They're a little unruly. <laughs> all right, how many snippets you got? It's definitely under half of that. okay in other words call to action get your snippets online folks well one of the problems that we had was was really based on the feedback as well uh you know how do i search the site you know what really is a snippet now that rtm's out and people are able to install a final version of it i think it'll proliferate uh, a little bit more well and i imagine fewer better snippets is ultimately going to be a better answer anyway exactly just give me a handful of really great ones I'm, i'm hoping you have some kind of editorial ability you know, capability to tell us what's great, what's new, what's not so hot, that kind of thing. Those features are going to be on the way. And I do agree with what you said. And I, I want to comment that even though there might not be hundreds or thousands of snippets there, uh, there's been regional directors who've submitted. There's mm. been MVPs that submitted, Microsoft great. employees. So the quality of the snippets are really nice. Hey, that's cool. So um, I guess you've plugged it. Is there anything else that you want to say? Uh, I I want to really thank uh, Mr. Tim Hewer because... Uh, one of the things that's been really awesome, and I think this is a great success story for anyone who's going to utilize ASP.NET 2.0, mm-hmm. is that the site was built so fast with very little amount of code because of taking advantage of all the new features in ASP.NET 2.0. It was just astounding. Wow. So what kind of, what kind of metrics can you give me? I mean, really fast. 
Uh, we basically the only lines of code that we really had to write was the download capability actually downloads a VSI file, which is the Visual Studio Content Installer format, yeah. which is basically a double click install for mm. add-ins snippets, and uh, it's a compression format, so it's basically a zip file, and that mm. that's the only format. That's the actual only lines of code we had to write. Everything else is completely done declaratively using ASP 2.0 framework membership. It's wow. actually quite scary, actually. Wow. When and you how long did it really it. take? It took, um, to the current state of where it's at, probably uh, three weeks. But just to get a shell up and running with the basic features? About four days. Jeez. Wow. Great story, guys. Anything else you want to say before we hand the mic off to the next guest? No, you guys rock. Thanks for coming to Phoenix. Oh, well, Phoenix rocks. Woo! Thank you. Thank you, guys. And our next guest is Noah Hambai. Noah, great shirt, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank great you. Shirt. Yeah, just prefer ticket, but, you know. Will code for Visual Studio 2005 launch ticket, and that is a hefty disclaimer. Right. Well, you know, I don't do Java, and I don't do VB6. <laughs> <laughs> so that's got to be in there. Noah, tell us about yourself. Well, uh, uh, contract programmer, been uh, programming in .NET for probably about four years now. Uh, was a bit of a late adopter. I uh, wasn't a believer. I just got it down, the mm-hmm. MFC down, and they switched it up on me. But mm-hmm. yeah, switched to .NET. Um, definitely loving it. Um, do a lot of contract work right now. Working for the nation's largest charge card. Oh, <laughs> thinking Diners Club. Visa, <laughs> mm-hmm. maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so, right. so coming from MFC, how does the .NET framework hit you? Well, it's a completely different thought process work. I mean, with MSC, you spend a lot of time on how you're going to solve a problem. Mm. And with the .NET framework, you spend more of, your time, more of your time solving the problem. Interesting. Yeah. And I got to presume you're a C-sharp guy, because if you're working yeah, in MSC, you came C++. Absolutely. Right. And uh, one of, you were talking earlier about... Uh, I do do some VB.net, and, you know, as a contractor, you go into a place, and they've got a lot of VB. You write the code uh, they want you to write. Right, right, absolutely. But we were talking earlier about uh, Code Rush, and one of my favorite features about Code Rush is when I look at VB.net code, I actually can see the structure of the code without, without the Code Rush, because it right. actually breaks, you can actually see your methods and the flow, because I, I, I don't see the end class, end sub, you know, end function. Interesting. I'm really curious as to what the feel of moving from C++ to C Sharp was like from your perspective. Um, like I said, it's really, really different. I mean, you you really are doing different things. I mean, there's so much time spent as a C++ programmer. Um, on plumbing. On plumbing, yeah. right. Absolutely. Even though MFC was supposed to be very, you know, it is well, framework-like. That was the idea. That was the idea. That yeah. was the idea, but uh, that was far from. Yeah. Far from it. But you ever, you, and you usually find yourself tweaking the code itself, the MFC right. code? Now, bef- before before spending my time doing MFC, I spent a lot of time doing uh, Borland C++. Mm-hmm. Well, not Borland C++, Borland C++ Builder. C++ Builder. Builder yeah. Which is similar to C Sharp. And uh, I think hmm. Andrews worked on that hmm. when he was uh, Max Lowe Borland. Cool. Much before more he saw the light. Right. Uh, <laughs> Uh, C++ Builder, a much more pleasant development experience, not just simply not as adopted as um, much as... And when I was doing C++, I knew that was a fact. I mean, the guys that I was learning from were all all saying C++ Builder was the, the stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. But 
I'm really here to talk about your show. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really here to talk about your show. Okay. Um, you know, I'm not putting uh, satellites in orbit or, you know, writing code to launch missiles. Nobody's interested in what I do. Who cares about chart cards? But, you know, what you guys... <laughs> What you guys are doing is absolutely awesome. And I, you know, everybody who listens to the show, I've been a fan of the show, long time, discovered it through uh, MSDN. I uh, got to plug MSDN events. Yeah. Uh, the MSDN webcast. Really, really, uh, really, really, you know, good and important stuff. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, you know, a couple of weeks before you started the road trip, there were, you know, you were getting a little flack from some of the listeners about not being technical enough. And we get that every once in a while. <laughs> right. We vacillate a little. But I think you absolutely silenced the critics. You absolutely did with the last couple of shows you did, did it before Road Trip. Yeah. And you had, you know, the show from the PDC. I think there was a gentleman you talked to who worked Joel on. Joel Pobar and Brad who, Abrams were who on. Who worked on Windsock. Yeah, that's uh, right. David Treadwell. David but that, Treadwell. You know, that show was a surprise for us, too, because he's very senior. He's a VP. Yeah. And so you're thinking, oh, we're interviewing a VP. It's going to be, you know, a little more casual. And that, those are good shows because you get the background stuff. Then you're meeting the guy who wrote Windsock. We went nuts. <laughs> we went berserk. <laughs> I was, I'm not worthy. I mean, I was just beside myself, yeah. man. Uh, uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, the funny part about that whole we're not technical enough thing is, you know, we book shows three months in advance. So you send us a message saying, do more technical shows. And the next show is more technical. Believe me, we were thinking about it a long time ago. Right. And, and the mantra has always been for me, you know, mix it up. We want to hear, we want to hear what's coming down the pike from Microsoft. You know, well, well, well. Here's sometimes here, here's my take on it. Um, when you the format you do, it's radio. Yeah, there's so much you can do with radio. Sure. Uh, there's a podcast that you were on uh, a couple of weeks ago with. Um, yeah, the uh, polymorphic podcast, right? Who, who tries to do pretty much what it seems like a lot of people. Are, I mean, and it's a great pro- podcast. And mm-hmm. after listening to your show, I basically listened to all of his shows. Mm-hmm. But you can see the challenges in that when yeah. you're simply talking about the code and people can't actually see the code right. and you don't have any diagrams. It becomes, you know, yep. becomes very challenging. This walks us nicely into DNR TV now, doesn't it? Yes, it does. As a matter of fact, we're doing a. Um, we haven't really formally announced it, but we've dropped hints here and there on the show. We're doing a Camtasia screencast show uh, called DNR TV. It'll be a weekly show, and instead of talking with Rocky Latka and listening to him, you'll actually be watching him do the stuff that he's going to do, uh, and everybody else, where it's a combination of a sort of a webcast and a DNR interview. Absolutely. Yeah, so those are things we're working on. But yeah, I, I totally know. It's it's difficult to, to get good-sounding technical stuff. You have to sort of stay in the realm of the, the conceptual right. and not in the detail-oriented. And if you have... Uh, if you have 10, well, you know, if you have the opportunity, if I have 10 minutes with Anders, I'm not going to say Anders, teach me anything right. because I can't, but point me in the right direction, <laughs> which, what your, which is what your show does um, in a lot of ways. And uh, I appreciate that. Yeah. When I think of that, you can't get him to teach you anything, but you can say, so uh, what were you thinking <laughs> when right. you did? <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, just cool. between you and me, Carl, yeah. um, you know, about the Canadian, you know, we know. You know, <laughs> his, t- his time on the show, you know, is all, is, is is almost up, and I, I, I <laughs> you know, and I and I figure, you know, if uh, you know, I'm available right now, and you know, <laughs> I only got one more show to go, man. <laughs> That's right, one more show to go. <laughs> yeah. Right, and you're gonna have. 
You're hired. You're hired. <laughs> right. But, you know, I, I figure if, um, you know, you took on somebody such as myself, especially someone of my hue and saturation, <laughs> we, could, Boy, the, we the reach we would have, man. We, would, we could reach a whole different we demographic. We all over the world. That's yeah, right. A whole different demographic. I mean, it could be .NET rocks and hip-hops. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, dude, I am there, man. You okay. are hired. Yeah. All right, absolutely. Get out, Campbell. I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> well, is, is, uh, anything you want to plug before we wrap it up here? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, coders out there, document your code because at some yeah! point. <laughs> 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 Write some freaking comments. You can I'm, start there. I'm, at some day, I'm going to show up in your shop, and I'm going to have to work with what you what you wrote three <laughs> millennia ago. And I'd oh, appreciate it, pain, man. I appreciate a little bit of documentation. Well, now VB programmers have no excuse, right? right we can just go tick 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 absolutely. right over the sub plug endoc endoc.org. Yep. Um, endoc. Does it does it work with? Um, uh, good question. I don't see why it wouldn't, but does it? No. No, I guess it doesn't. Okay. But now you have XML documentation, so. Right. XML comments. Okay. No, it's been great talking to you. It was nice talking to you, too. (laughs) Bye. And our next guest is Steel Price. Hi, Steel. Hi, Carl. Good to see you again. Thank you. Welcome to Phoenix, and welcome to you, Richard. Thanks very much. Now, you're you're an old fan, a big fan of uh, V-Bits and... Absolutely. You've been around in the old days. Yes, I've uh, I've been around for quite a long time. Twenty years professionally wow. working in code, and uh, it's it's a pleasure to be working more in the community lately in Phoenix. Um, I was just awarded an MVP this year for the first time, which is sort of yeah uh, a which, good thing to what? happen for uh, what for Visual Basic. Awesome, and I Indeed. have to I have to thank some people that in the local community really drove that effort, and and it, it's uh, it's been a real uh, boost to my self esteem when that happened because uh, I, I've been around the community for a long time here, but I've been sort of in the background and hiding out, yeah. working on some of my other professional product projects right now. But I left my old old employer, went to a new one, and and things are going much better so besides being an mvp what's your day like what my day is like now first of all i'm a the vice president of engineering and development for a pretty big company that is doing revenue partitioning and what we do is go into an insurance company and figure out how to cut up all the commission checks wow and we're doing it all in asp.net and sql server and i get the job that most people would just love to have. I get to come in and rewrite everything. Oh, okay. So the human did, refactorer. Absolutely. They did a fabulous job. And the company's been around for 10 years, uh-huh. a little over 10 years, um, working on these types of uh, applications. And what they've done so far is just phenomenal. And it's yeah. it's really been an amazing job for me because I walked into something that – they're doing what I've been preaching for years. We're doing everything data-driven. Everything is stored in SQL Server so the user can go in and reconfigure everything they want to do without having to write a whole lot of code. They, 
they can customize the application any way they want to do it. And the end user just has begged for this for years, and it really hasn't been possible to do that effectively with before we had ASP.NET, SQL Server, to be able to combine those two and deliver a product to a major market and to be able to work with that kind of code. Now, not only because ASP.NET, not only do you have the database, but you also have, you know, the declarative model where you can just make changes to configuration and things like that. Is this what you're doing as well? Or yes, exactly. Attribute, basically? And we're doing attribute-based uh, storage. We can also do things like insert code into the database and pull it out with reflection and run it. And that's some, we can add some scripting. I'm scared. <laughs> that's scary, man. We can add scripting routines that we just couldn't do before. And it's just been a fantastic approach for us. And so what did you rewrite from? What I'm rewriting from right now is I'm converting the .NET 1.1 version into 2.0 and upgrading to SQL Server 2005. So we're basically refining an already working application that's out there being used in the field and has really gone through all of the field testing, has gone through all the customer back and forth of what they like, what they don't like, what they'd like to see different, and now we get to go back and do it right because we have all the new features that come in ASP.NET 2.0 and everything in SQL Server 2005 that can really take it to the next level. I got to ask you this question. Um, since you're digging through other people's code a lot, what's the absolute wackiest thing you ever saw oh. that you ever had to unscrew, so to speak? <laughs> I'm trying to think of something off the top of my head and I really can't there. The inconsistency is the biggest thing that I yeah. always see in applications, yeah. especially when you have a large team of developers. We yeah. have about 20 developers working on this project right now. Whimsically developed. Things are done in completely different ways sometimes. Mm. And what, we've been doing for the last few months is adding consistency, going back and pulling out things that should have been written a certain way and teaching the developers really how to do a better job at staying consistent. Mm. We can do things like uh, use FX cop if we wanted to and enforce templates. But what we really wanted to do was get down at the root of the developers and say, okay, here's this block of code. Let's look at how it can be done differently and better and really teach them while they're working on the application to really improve the, the habits that they form in writing their code. How to use string.empty instead of equals, quote, quote. Blank, blank, yeah. Um, is this really taking away the individual characteristics of the developer, coming up with a standard development practice that's common between the developers? No, what it's doing is showing them how to leverage the framework much better. So they have much more tools at their disposal that they really didn't even know were there. The funny or part being existed. that you end up with less code, easier to write. Absolutely. Less code, easier to write, easier to understand, easier to look at and see what's going on. A lot of these developers have been with us for a long time and they came up through VB3, VB4, VB5, VB6, then to VB.net, and they really didn't get what was different and how to go down and leverage the framework in an object-oriented way. So they were still writing VB6 code in VB.net. A lot of it was a carryover from Right. That, definitely. 
So what is your opinion of this, this new stuff? I mean, obviously you're blown away by SPNet 2.0. How about the framework in general? The framework in general has some fabulous things. Some, some of the things we can do now with transactions, we can roll back entire transactions, not just database transactions, yeah. but entire methodologies of things that were done on the page. Um, we can take the framework and extend it to a point we couldn't extend it before. And what we can do now with generics is, is just fabulous. I mean, we what can do you, some things with, doing with classes. Generics? We can do a lot of things with classes and inheritance. But with generics, some of the things we can do is we can make some of the common routines that we use be able to be used across different object types. Mm. And that's really what generics comes for is for it's not for the things we do with inheritance that we get with classes what mm. it's for is to be able to take a common function and to be able to use it across different object types mm. and that's what we're using it for is mm. is a way to more standardize the way that we use different functions so is there anything that you want to uh, plug here's your uh Here's your chance. Well, one of the things I'm going to plug is our local users group because we can really provide a lot of some of these things to the local Phoenix community, and uh, that is azgroups.com. And if you're going to be in town in the next two weeks, we're going to be doing our launch event. I'll be presenting that, and that'll be the... Uh, uh, Ineta and Microsoft sponsored launch event. We're going to be having a lot of giveaways that are, um, I think we have five copies of Visual Studio standard. To Very nice. And definitely five copies of SQL Server are going out the door. So Excellent. there's a lot of code that's going to be worked through, lots of demos. We're going to be going both through ASP.NET. We'll be going through smart clients and showing some of the things that maybe you haven't seen before. We've all heard the hype. Come see the release to manufacturing version for the first time and see it live. It's a great user group. We really had a good time talking to them. They're very into what we were talking about. Well, Steele, I want to thank you very much for uh, talking to us. And it's been great to see you again after a low these many years. And uh, keep in touch. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Our next guest is Michael Ryan. Hi, Michael. Hello. Good to, good to talk to you here. Tell us about yourself. Um, well, uh, during the day, I'm an application developer, mostly web-based applications for a bunch of different companies. I do a lot of consulting work. Uh, currently, I'm rewriting a project from Lotus Notes into ASP.NET. And by night, you're Batman. <laughs> well, by night, I, uh, I actually uh, have a couple hobby projects, mostly centered around BBSing and... A few of them might bring... BBSing. Now, there's a term I haven't heard in oh, a few days. Oh, longer than that, I think. Well, because you were telling the story, but I'm sorry. I didn't mean to hijack your, what you're talking about, but <laughs> uh, yeah, I was there, man. BBS That's okay. Um, like on my on my bulletin board side, I'm, uh, I started on the web interface for it before the software that's in use, which is actually still being worked on by a couple very dedicated developers, started on the web uh, server for it. So I actually wrote an ASP.NET interface to access a lot of the information from the data files and things like that. So is this like an interface like the typical serial modem inter BBS systems that we used to connect to, or uh, there is a Telnet interface that that is ANSI uh, ANSI Telnet. Oh man, that's um, so cool! I'm also like I I just redid the graphics on the website. I tried to make it look as like classic BBS as possible. You know, on the I website. knew this day would come. I was like five years, four or five years ago. I was like, you know, it would be so cool if we could bring back BBSs with the ANSI graphics and the and the menus and stuff. And everybody thought, Carl, you're smoking crack. 
and here we go. It's retro. It's cool. Well, it's actually yeah. it's actually really cool. Uh, it was about three years ago when I put it up because I was actually looking for a local based BBS that was still around, and the the <laughs> two or three I found were like on autopilot for the last three years and had no people on them, no message posts or anything. Wow. So I threw up one. I set up the website so people that were looking for an Arizona BBS. Like it comes up number one on Google on that term. That's awesome. So you must have had your own BBS back in the day. Uh, yeah, I I had one that was up for a very short time, and I I worked on a, a few other bulletin boards in the area. What what system did you use? Uh, Renegade mostly. Renegade. Do you do you know what that Renegade, is? Renegade. It seems like it's a West Coast thing. The authors in was in California, and mm-hmm. the uh, the the support networks world headquarters was here in Phoenix. So oh. it was really popular in the area. Wow. So I'd, I'd say almost a third of the boards in the area were running Renegade, and the rest were just like a mishmash of everything else. With the really big ones running World Group mostly. All right, here's a, here's a BBS joke, and let's see if you can reply correctly. Ack. Ack. Sin. Ack. <laughs> Knack. Ack. <laughs> All right. X-Modem joke. <laughs> sorry, folks. I'm really sorry. I apologize for that. Actually, I got into programming a lot later. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Cool. Yeah, those were the days. So so now you're developing this BBS website. Um, that's a, That's just one of your hobbies, though, right? Yeah. Actually, right now, the, the part that I'm working on is an Ajax-based web IRC client that'll be using ASP.NET. I found a a .NET library for the IRC portion, but I couldn't find a decent Ajax IRC client at all. I found a bunch of ones that were like so-so as far as chat and a couple Java clients, but I wanted something that just worked in the browser and worked on every platform. Absolutely. So you're developing this now? Is that yeah, what I'm hoping to have it up by the end of the month. That's cool. You know, we set up an IRC channel and we do normal .NET Rocks shows so that uh, our uh, real dedicated listeners like to listen to the raw feed and send us questions and things. And uh, many of us have regular IRC clients, but a lot don't. And we use web-based ones and they're terrible. Yeah. It'd be great, and be great to have a good one. Yeah, that was, that's actually... Java. Mostly. Yeah, that's actually that was actually my reasoning behind it. I didn't want one that required somebody to have something that's like kind of waning as far as browser use anymore. So I decided I wanted to build an Ajax one that kind of had the look and feel of an older IRC client. Once I'm done, I'll probably do a slight rewrite and uh, just release it. You know, I don't know if many of the fans know this, but I actually wrote and I still have an IRC ActiveX control. It uses sockets, and it can, you know, just do everything, the IRC client-side stuff. I bet if you put it out there, I bet I've seen it. Actually, it didn't. It was part of WorldTrain, which is a product that I was writing a few years ago before I got into teaching in .NET. And, uh, you know, it's just sitting down with a spec, the RFC, RFC, IRC, RFC. There's about six of them that are currently. Yep. I I just stuck to the basic one, the you know, the first one or whatever. And, uh, yeah, it was fairly easy. Text-based protocol. Everything ends with a carriage return line feed, you know? Yeah, it works really well. It does. But, uh... So here's your chance to plug something, anything at all, or... Okay, I'd like to uh, plug... uh, Well, can I plug two things? Absolutely. Okay. 
Uh, first off, I'm going to plug my bulletin board. It's Roughneck BBS at the Roughnecks.net. T H E R O U G H N E C K S dot net. Awesome. And the second is a site called BBS Mates. The author of that site's actually rewriting it in dot net currently. Um, That's it's so a classic cool. ASP site. Uh, lists about seventy five thousand BBSs. So if you want to find an old BBS or people that you used to chat with or or message with, uh, wow. it's bbsmates.com. I'm on BBS Mates. Really? Oh, yeah, and hooked up to the old BBSs in Vancouver I used to hang out on. Yeah, I'm number five on their uh, top ten telnet boards. Still oh, wow. Yeah. That's cool. So if, you're, if you thought this was interesting, go to mondays.pwop.com and to the samples page and look for Richard's story about Goliath, which was a... 500 pound 20 megabyte hard drive that was the size of a of a small washing machine or a large washing machine actually and uh it's the it's the geekiest greatest story you've ever heard and it was all connected with the bbs and that's what reminded me <laughs> of it uh anyway okay well listen michael it's been uh, it, it was great meeting you and Thanks for bringing me back to the days of the BBS. Yeah, well, we're, there's still some of us out there, but we need more users because almost everybody that's out there is a former sysop running a board. <laughs> <laughs> True. Awesome. Thanks a lot. Okay, thank you. Bye. And our final guest tonight is Corey Massing. Hi, Corey. How you guys doing? We're doing great. And uh, you're, you're a longtime fan of the show, aren't you? I, I mean, I recognize your name. Yeah, I, uh, you know... Uh, uh, a while a while ago, and this is at the beginning of my de- development com- career. Excuse me. Um, I've been working on some ASP apps, and uh, you know, I really didn't have a lot of direction in my career. And so one day, I just happened to go out and uh, search for .NET blogs on Google, and I don't know how I pulled up your guys' site, but I did. And I thought to myself, "Wow, you know, uh, there's a podcast out here. I can download this stuff, and uh, while I'm coding, I can." I can listen to it uh, in the background, and let me tell you, it's uh, it really opened up a whole new world for me. Uh, I'd cool. never really, never really been involved in the community at all, and uh, I mean, just all the different topics and subjects and technologies and different guests that you had on the show. I mean, it's it really, honestly, turned my career around. Wow, it's amazing. What are you doing right now for a uh, living? I'm I'm a consultant uh, with a company called Software Architects. I'll go ahead and plug that a little bit. That's fine. <laughs> sure. Um, and the client that I'm at right now, I'm rewriting some uh, registration and customer membership uh, utilities for them. Cool. And uh, one of the interesting things is I had been working with .NET 1.1, um, and they use OpenLDAP for some of their data storage. Mm. Um, they actually have a couple different... Open LDAP servers. Well, one of them uh, was running an older version V2 LDAP, and uh, for some reason we could not use the directory services namespace to connect to the LDAP stores. So we did a bunch of testing. We used a couple of different third-party tools. wasn't working. Well, we threw up .NET 2.0 and mm. uh, used the new system .directory services .protocols namespace, and boom, mm. right away showed up. So that was my excuse for moving to. .NET 2.0. So. Well, and that's actually a retroactive thing. They were using an older version of LDAP, and the newer version of .NET worked with it. Exactly. That's very cool. Yeah, the uh, the system.directory services namespace references the uh, ADSI com components. Right. And the system.directory service 
directory services dot protocols namespace actually uses a WLDAP thirty two dot DLL. Oh, okay. And, so, and got all the way down and was able to recognize this older incarnation of LDAP and work with it. Exactly. That's really great. So, and the coolest thing is that it didn't exist in the last version of .NET. Yes. So they added a retro feature. Very cool. Yeah. So I get to use all the new tools now. <laughs> which is Rather than I'm, upgrading the LDAP <laughs> server, we're just, ah, we get the newer tools over here. You're not unhappy at <laughs> no, all. No, no, no. I'm actually pretty stoked about it. So I'm, I'm a pretty happy camper. Awesome. Well, what do you like to code for fun? Ah. Uh, you know, when I actually get the chance, I do I do a lot of stuff outside of uh, coding for my company. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm the interim network administrator, mm-hmm. uh, so I do some some work there. And I actually try to uh, get our consultants involved uh, in community. Um, I'm working on uh, another project that is trying to get our consultants certified, mm. um, which is interesting because I spent a bunch of time and now Microsoft's retrofitting their entire certification program um so happens every version you know yeah yeah it it (laughs) seems like that um so yeah i mean i'm i really don't have a ton of time outside that i'm i'm working on code but um the things that i like to do outside um is probably more learning of uh learning about architecture right uh because like i said literally probably up until i started listening to the shows and and going off in different directions based on links and references you guys were giving. Uh, it was more procedural coding, not, uh, not a lot of object oriented structure. And, uh, based off a lot of, like I said, cool. a lot of the links. I looked All right. To. So here's a good one for you. Favorite show, favorite DNR show from the archives, favorite DNR Which show. Which one made you go, Whoa. Which show is the one when somebody says, well, what's DNR it, all about? It, you know, the Kim trip, sh- the Kim trip, the Kim, the, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it had to be the Kim Trip security, shows. Security, security! <laughs> Throw this man out. Yeah, Kim Kim Trip shows. I mean, those just those just made your brain hurt. But you know, those aren't coding shows. She's talking about databases. I know that's the killer thing. Yeah, it's uh, funny. It's uh, she's not the digs, only one to say that either. Well, she digs so deep into it, and she's yeah. so enthusiastic about it. You can't help but just follow her along. And uh, you may have to turn down to half speed and listen five yes, or six times. Yes, yes, yes. But it's all there. Yeah. Yeah. Did you, did you ever see her talk? Have you ever seen her speak? No, I have not. Yeah. Well, she showed up in the uh, in the in the uh, speakers lounge at dev connections last year with a little usb hub and she had these usb hard drives plugged in which were which were holding you know databases data stores or portions of a partitioned view a partitioned database right and she showed how that if you remove one like it keeps working <laughs> she like has this little sound. no no this is really cool check it out she plugs it in. she's got all these little usb keys and she look see it's working it's working it's working now what Boom, she takes one of them out. Look, look, it works. It still works. <laughs> You're like, oh, yeah. Cool. She's yeah, very, she, she's on very fire. And on fire. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a good way to. Funny part is when you actually see her in a session, she's an incredibly calm presenter. Like, she just has a knack of leading people through complicated topics in person. I mean, in, in the conference session, but she gets so excited on the phone in the interviews. It just goes off like a gunshot. Okay, well, here's your chance to plug. What you going to say? Uh, well, um, especially for the the thing I like to plug is education and and community and uh, 
for anybody who is just getting into to the development field, find something like .NET Rocks or a blog that you like to read and just really pursue that because yeah. I think that I think that it makes a world of difference. It, and it has for me, and that's why I try to push that. I mean, I'm constantly sending emails out. I tried to get people to come to this, and yeah. unfortunately, <laughs> two people showed up. But hey, you know, you got the you got to waste my full. It was good. It was. No yeah. Well, I'm sorry from my company. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> Not from the rest. I mean, I figured that everybody who was on the AZ groups list was yeah. subscribed, and I mean, it sold out quick. So that's good. Do you uh, think the barbecue had anything to do with it, though? That could because people do love <laughs> Honey Bear. Yeah, that was good stuff. People do love Honey it was Bear. Beautiful barbecue and such a relief from pizza. Oh, I'm sure you guys must have been just dying. I mean, yeah, I like pizza and all the pizza. Like Twenty nights in a row. Yeah, that it's been good. Been we've had we've been mixing it up a little bit. All right, well, that's our show, Corey. Thanks a lot, and yeah, thanks for being a great with fan. You guys. And uh, we'll see the rest of you in San Diego tomorrow. You bet. Is it going to be tomorrow or is it going to be Monday? When is the San Diego show going to be online? I don't know. You have this weird system here. I know we're going to record it tomorrow. Right. So it's probably going to be Monday before the San Diego show goes online. All right. Well, let's uh, let's get some sleep, man. You bet. All right. Talk to you later.